This thing's such a beast. Well, shit, man. Episode 23, Michael Jordan Michael in the Jordan, house, baby. baby. That's what's up. The GOAT. This is episode's a goat. This is uh, our first episode in a while where we haven't had a guest on. Duo cast, I know. I feel like it's it's been there's so much there's a, such a, such a huge backlog of, of new gear and stuff that we haven't <laughs> talked about because we're be we've been doing all this other interesting articles shit. that are like six weeks old. No, I dude, I went through. I was looking back through some of it. It's just like way most of it's way too irrelevant at yeah, this point. Yeah, because like, we're in this fast acting, quick changing gear world. Well, you know, gotta keep your finger on the pulse. We we liked having guests on. I think we actually. Um, it's awesome having guests. Yeah, I on, love having guests on, you know. But I feel like we also get to talk a little more, just kind of me yeah, and you back and forth. Exactly. It's almost kind of like maybe like how some. Do you have you ever watched Easy? Uh, I've I've seen a couple episodes. There's a there. the couple on there that opens their marriage up to like spice things up a little yeah. bit. That's almost kind of like what what happens here. It's like yeah. we get we get like excited. We get to see how we do with other people, and then and then <laughs> and then you just want to fuck each other again. Yeah, back to fucking. So back to fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah man fucking super excited it's a really gross and gray day here the the winter yeah. is, is is weeping in here yeah but, uh you know that's all right it, it wasn't it wasn't raining you've got you've got rose, rose colored sunglasses on right now so it's all i'm good. looking through the world with rose colored sunglasses damn on. right well hey dude uh let's uh let's just get into some fucking business let's talk man you know get right into the ministry here all right uh you know, as always, subscribe to Instagram. Please do us that favor and do yourself that favor because, frankly, we put at least one thing up every day, and mm-hmm. it's usually cool gear stuff. It's always cool gear stuff. It always is. We just uh, we just put a couple days back to back with our friends over at uh, Lakeland, which uh, we're that's something we're gonna have to get into. Yeah, in this we'll episode. get into that. We don't have, we don't need to jump right no, in there, no. but we're putting all kinds of cool stuff in the Instagram. Go. Go hang out there. Trying to keep it interesting, but we're not posting too much either. Like some man, like I was following like uh, an old, you know, friend from high school. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like 10 times a day just put, and it's like, come on, man. Dude, I feel once a day is good. I think keep it relevant. Keep keep it, keep it live, but don't, uh, don't inundate. Let you know we're still alive. We're still here. You know, like if just ask yourself is, is, does this need to be on the internet? And if, and if it doesn't, okay, like you can still do it once a day, but then the second time, you ask yourself that and you get that answer back. Then might don't, be an- don't, don't you're, post it. You're answering your own question. There you go. Yeah. So that's our uh, social media expertise 101. Uh, but hey, man, speaking of guests, we had a pretty awesome episode last time. Yeah. I don't feel like we've really talked all that much about it uh, together. Just yeah. like the last episode. We haven't really been doing the uh, debrief. Yeah. Maybe we need to do like a, a an interview and then just like a, just the hunks once a week, 25 minute little Hunk like kind of like a recap, a little hunk down. I'm in, dude. I'm in. Let's do it. Talking, talking hunks. We'll get we'll get Chris Hardwick talking to hunks. moderate that shit. Yeah, for it's us. like the Talking Dead. Like they talk exactly. about it after the episode. Yeah, I'm glad you're we're on the same page there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Chris Hardwick reference. Uh, but we had fucking Johnny and Q on John, both from Daredevil Pedals, also Q from QMP Audio. Awesome guys, man. Super awesome guys. Fucking cool ass stories, man. That, I Johnny feel like those are like some of the biggest, dude. some of the biggest rock and roll stories we've had uh, we, shared on the pod. We yet. once again had the situation we were outside and he's having a sandwich, like we're getting ready to get started. Dude. He starts telling stories. Shout out Fiore's Italian subs. Yeah, been in the neighborhood for forty three years. So good. I almost picked one up on the way, but I'll wait. Using that to model his bread, baby. Um, man, it's, it's, I can smell it right now. Mm. Um, but he started telling you know gig stories, and we're just like, dude, you got to wait, man. Like 
we're gonna get we're gonna get into we that. Got, we got a roll tape for that yeah. kind of business. So we did hear some exclusive stuff that we didn't talk about on the podcast. We did, yeah. But we but, won't even you know, relay that. We're not gonna we're not gonna be those guys. Nope. But go listen to that one because it was that was a that was a hot episode. Also, I believe. Well, I haven't checked against any of the weird double episodes we were doing in the beginning, but uh, I think that was our longest longest one yeah it was like 90 minutes i think it was over it was was it 90 96 yeah well there you have it so um dude what i really took away from that man and like i know we talk about this kind of stuff a lot um at least together but maybe not on the podcast as much is like you know johnny went from just kind of building pedals for his friends to being like oh shit i could make money doing this Mm -hmm. and literally just walked into chicago music exchange i think was his first deal and he's like they're like you know yeah we want to buy a bunch and he's like shit i could do this as a job now you know and that that's kind of one of those things where sometimes you just got to jump off and like try something, you know, if you're good at something out there and you want to like make a, make a job out of it, man, like why not, why not do what you love? You know, I've got a little saying that, you, that I feel like is that in times like this, I, it's how I tend to encapsulate your exact sentiment. Sometimes you got to grab left by the dick and don't let go until it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Said that. that was me i oh, swear that really? was me yeah i wow. killed that like a couple of years ago you sounded I, like matthew mcconaughey or something i was like I, you know I, was, I felt like i was channeling uh will ferrell's character in eastbound and down yes. Woo! yeah the the car salesman owner guy. yeah yeah oh nice. i wish i could i could pull his name right now but i know that, yeah. i agree man sometimes you just gotta fucking grab on just, and go for I, it i love that he said that it wasn't like one of these things where oh i worked here and then i kind of like got into like doing this thing like he's like no i just went for this out of my basement in my house like just I decided do. to do this man and that's just love stories like that yeah, man same with q too i mean yeah. he's he's doing the same shit he's and, oh man how, afterwards brilliant. he was playing us his new uh the record that he's working out with his band wizzo which yeah. sounded fucking awesome it, it sounded so cool man oh, and i was like you did this all yourself i mean he recorded oh yeah he's thing. he's amazing at what he does engineering producing and playing guitar writing songs singing those songs i mean the dude does it all yeah he also is like a fancy computer man at a fancy job too so it's like he that dude's a man of many talents so we're super excited super smart man one of the smartest people i've ever met awesome guests uh but speaking of also uh johnny's band the evictions just wanted to give them a little uh, love there they've got a show next week so Hopefully you're listening to this on Monday, <laughs> on Thursday, uh, October 20, uh, 17th at 17th. Reggie's. Oh, cool. Opening for Electric Six. So that's a pretty cool. No way. Cool gig. Yeah, dude. I was almost, really? I'm almost thinking about checking it out. Dude, you know? I remember those guys. Hell yeah. They're I got fun. into uh, getting down at McDonald's while you're down at McDonald's. Is that, is they that had a song called Down at McDonald's, dude. <laughs> and it was the jam. It's probably the funkiest song in that record, man. Dang. All right. Well, maybe we should hit it up. Yeah, we might have to do that. Uh, th- speaking of things we're hitting up. Let's talk a little bit about Nam. I feel like we've we've yeah. we've we've made this leap to decide. We decided we set a goal for ourselves months ago that we we're going to go to Nam. Boom, got press media access. Boom, booked our flights and got our fucking Air Berenbers. Dude, I mean, listen, kids, it can happen. You it just have to put you things s- in the Sometimes motion. you just gotta grab life by the dick and, and don't let go until it comes, comes. baby. <laughs> Till it comes. Um, I'm excited. Be coming man. all over Anaheim, but January fifteenth, yeah, nineteenth. I'm excited. Twenty twenty. Um, you know, I won't, I won't uh, divulge too much, but I'm, I'm working on some exclusive apparel for the, uh, for the trip. Oh, whoa! I just, I got so excited about that, I punched the microphone. You dropped your mic, but actually, you're not even holding. That's, <laughs> I, I airdropped that mic. That's talent. I yeah. Did it on my so I'm excited product. for that. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I've never been. I don't really know what to expect. I've only seen like, you know, photos from people who have gone on like base forums, and you know, I, I know what a convention center looks like, obviously, but. Uh, I'm I'm pumped, man. You're gonna I'm be, ready to work, dude. I'm you're ready gonna to like, you're gonna get assaulted by shredding. 
because yeah. it's everybody shredding in there. I can't and, wait. And it's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be bring like, earplugs. That's a really good idea. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, hey, our friends listening, we know a lot of you are going to be there. So uh, let us know if you're going to be in Anaheim for yeah. NAM and we'll fucking hang out and, you know, do the stuff that you do at these things. Yeah. And talk we, the talk I think and we're going to try walk. to do some recordings or something out there while we're there. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're still kind of finalizing the plans. We're definitely going to be doing some podding, but uh, I've got my, my video rig we're working on. So we're going to do, we're, we've got some stuff in the works. Yeah. We're at least going to get some kind of recap. We're being intentionally on. vague right now in case we don't follow through on the things <laughs> we've been talking about. Then we can just pretend like that was a plan all yeah, along. Yeah. That was a plan. So yeah, give us a shout. Well, yeah. I'm sure you'll be hearing from our stupid asses hitting you up too as well. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little ways away, but you know, we booked our shit, so we're excited. We're man. planners. <laughs> we're Boy Scouts. Uh, oh, hey. Also, I wanted to say before. So, uh, speaking of Instagram, uh, last episode we were talking about that Access Analog company. If you don't remember, they were a company that has. It's a plugin that you. It's either a subscription or a sort of hourly based service where uh, on your computer while you're mixing audio. It looks like you're using a regular graphical plugin, but what it's actually doing is streaming your audio to physical hardware and then streaming streaming it back, and you control it and robots. That's do awesome. All the thing, and we were sort of talking about it. And we we're like, "Oh, this could be this could mm-hmm. be interesting." Well, actually, uh, pretty cool. Access Analog reached out to us. That's incredible. And um, yeah, it's super cool of them. And they first of all, we were talking about the uh, service and like you know not really understanding the pricing, all that stuff. They offered us and our listeners a coupon code. Uh, if you use thanks early adopters, you get free access to Access Analog's uh, services. I don't know exactly how much that provides, but that's awesome. Use that code now, and you can go and uh, use that shit. Hell yeah! Uh, they also said they also kind kind of addressed some of the questions we had. So perfect, yeah, perfect way to wrap up the ministry here. Um, they said that you'll find buffering uh, is user selectable based on your internet speed and suitable for mixing, but not tracking, which is exactly what we were talking about. Plus, the robotic controls are nearly perfectly accurate. What you see on the plugin is exactly what the robotics are mirroring on the hardware settings. Most importantly, you will recognize the sound of real tubes, transformers, op amps, and circuits. Wow. It's real analog processing with the convenience of full recall, automation, easy drag and drop routing wet dry blend knob for easy parallel processing. That's huge and actually literally something you and I were just talking about before this episode, Mm -hmm. parallel processing. Uh, Design your dream signal chain and store your own presets. I hadn't considered the idea of setting up a a chain preset. That just made my willy move a little bit. Um, It's a new way to use analog hardware from anywhere for a fraction of the price of buying and maintaining, which is important. It's not just buying. That shit also breaks analog equipment. So again, access analog uh, code. Thanks early adopters. And you can go use that shit for free. I'm I'm definitely going to try that, man. You know what's cool is um, there's just always people coming up with new shit, man. I mean, we think about it all the time. You know, how can you make recording cooler? How can you, you know, what new gear is coming out? What people are taking brand new out of the box approaches? To me, this is like a totally original idea. I love it. I love it. It's 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 taking pr- pretty much exactly everything that I love about what we do and obsess over with all this gear stuff is is finding the way to bridge old and new yeah and and this is the perfect way to do that especially for people like me that don't have the, a way to get fifty thousand dollars worth of you know analog gear and, right in an already cramped recording setup so yeah. pretty excited about that definitely gonna be checking that out, Shout out. that is uh, that's all we got for the ministry in this edition of grinding my gear hunks a couple things <laughs> That I would like to that I'd like to grouse about for a little bit if you feel like getting getting a little shitty. About I'm some here, stuff. man. I'm here. Let's do it, uh, dude. What's up with the fucking lawsuit 
prices. I know, guys. Right now. Relax. What? Relax, guys. Relax is right. Relax. Oh my god. They're really trying to hit the vintage market in there, aren't they? I mean, so many so many Ibanez at at all, you know, mid seventies, late seventies instruments that could be had for not cheap, but no. you know, in maybe like the five to seven or eight hundred dollar range for like the really nicest stuff. Yep. Uh are now showing up for fifteen hundred dollars, uh, that flying V that, that you was, sent me—I thought me, he wanted like two grand for that. Well, there was a there was a Les Paul that, in particular, is coming to mind, an Ibanez Les Paul that I've been seeing, a Bolton Les Paul, which is my sub grind yeah. <laughs> of the week because Grind's just in general, I've decided that I don't I don't know exactly why it is, and it's not based on any sort of real evidence, but I have a bias. A significant bias against Bolton Bolt and Les Pauls, yeah, in general. And I, I mean, my my first sort of like nice ish electric guitar when I was a young lad was a Bolton are, Epiphone uh, Les Paul. Are Epiphones Bolton? Not all, most of them. Most of them. Uh, are. My, well, they I had a, a, I had a Les Paul custom Epiphone Les Paul custom yeah. back in the day, uh, and that was a set neck. The um, yeah, but back to that, the Japanese reissue yeah, pricing. What guys, is going on? on? I mean. I had a I had I had a Rickenbacker Ibanez Rickenbacker yeah. black you know oh I remember you super you, cool you played that uh, in volcanoes I think at least one practice yeah, yeah I did I brought I actually brought it to a show oh, cool. uh, we played it at the Double Door and um, you know it's just funny man that the you know I think I got that for like two seventy five you know it was just they and it really wasn't that great of an instrument man no, it didn't sound it was that fine. great it it played cool but I had to put a new bridge on it the bridge actually cracked um, I don't know if I ever told you about this but know. it had like the you know it had the you know, imagine like the Rickenbacker bass bridge, you know, it, they have the similar um, shape and everything. It's made out of the same cast or whatever, but I don't, I think it was like pop metal yeah. or something. Oh, absolutely. It literally one day I was tuning it, not anything crazy, Crick. just like put new strings on it, was tuning it up, ripped off the bot. It just oh. snapped in half. I think I have pictures somewhere on, on a uh, photo bucket or something of it, but it was like photo bro- bucket. Yeah, I know, dude. Do you, do you I was digging, through my, I was digging through my bucket the other day, bro. <laughs> Cause that's where I had all my old pictures of shit. You know, we're talking, you know, 2005, 2006, but, uh, that thing broke in half, dude. Like, so, I mean, these are the kinds of yeah. things that, you know, they use cheap parts. It's, it's not like, it's not quality handmade shit. Like you could be like, oh, well, why is an old fender, you know, 10 grand or whatever. That's handmade shit. That is like really, you know, hard to find these days. These things are all over the place. They're not, they're not, they're not getting any better with age. Yeah, they're. I, I think they're cool if if you if they can be had for a reasonable price. We're just in this weird, strange bubble right now where they're just everybody's gone fucking crazy about these things. They yeah, like you said, they're just they're decent but not great instruments. Certainly not that Ibanez Flying V that was twenty two or whatever twenty three hundred dollars. Are, are you saying, shitting me? You can are, get an actual vintage Flying V for that amount. Of money. <laughs> the guy's out of his mind, dude. Wow. Yeah, I think it was like an '85 too. It wasn't even like it was. Some- yeah, it wasn't like the early '70s, like when they first came out. You know, I think that guy just doesn't want to sell that thing. I mean, that's what that's what happens a lot. I think sometimes you know you get these people who are like, "Oh, I'm just going to put a huge crazy price tag on it." So if someone really wants it, I even think in his ad he was like, "Don't even try to lowball me, man. I'm not going to like budge on oh, the that's price." That's my favorite. Like, okay, man. Well, no one's going to call you then, so you relax. What is what is going to happen? Like, I mean, oh, I'm sorry if I lowball you. What are you going to do? Are you going to report me? He's going to get mad for trying to get to spend my money on right? your product. Free market, baby. Free market. By the baby. way, I didn't send it to you, but almost right after we were joking about that online, um, a reverb ad popped up for a Flying V Ibanez for like seven fifty or eight hundred. Oh, perfect. So I'm like, okay, which I would, I would, I would Super consider cool. that. I, I very, very much desire both a Flying V and yeah. an Explorer at some point in my life. And if you follow 
follow like the vintage stuff. You know, the Ibanez ones are a little more sought after. Um, so that would be a fair price, I think. But, you know, even if he was asking a thousand and came down, you know, I, I think that's reasonable. But come on, man, get out of here with your $2,200 Flying V. Come Japanese on, man. Ibanez thing. Yeah. So, well, that grinds my gears as well, Henry. I don't know if you noticed, but I got a little work. I'm, gl- right. I'm glad. I'm glad to share the grindage. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I was gonna, I had another one, but honestly, I feel like I got all the grinding out of my system. Are you, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll just save that okay. for a future grind. Sure. I don't know. I can't imagine I'm gonna run out of anything to be sort of like you know upset and angry about. Yeah. Whatever. So that's grinding. You got me going. Grinding I'm, I'm ready. I need to count. Well, now that now that you're going, uh, why don't you keep it going into Dave's docs? Ooh, Dave's docs. Yeah, this baby. Week. Yeah. Woo. Um, Love me, Dave's docs. This is uh this one this one actually was a kind of a timely one um r.i.p ginger baker uh, yeah yeah he passed away last was it last week end of last week i think Some, yeah yeah a few days ago there. um and i didn't watch the movie because of that but it did remind me that he did have a he has a doc out he does i highly recommend it i gotta say it's called beware of mr baker i i loved it dude it was probably one of the best docs i've seen is it's it's so good how the, about the way it opens yeah he gets punched he gets hit in the face with the, a cane the dude who decides that he's like hey i need to make this movie about ginger baker yeah that guy i guess he's the director or whatever you call him of the, of the documentary he's like talking to him yeah isn't that the first time they meet too well no so here's the story that guy um a couple years before they made the doc he called he somehow got a hold of ginger he was driving down the road and he heard ginger baker on the radio or something like something crazy and he goes man i want to do an interview with this guy and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him i'm I'm working for rolling stone so somehow he got his number he called him in his house and he's like i want to do an interview with you for rolling stone magazine i'm with rolling stone right, no, right, no proof yeah. then so he goes he goes all the way to his house i think he lives in like africa or something like yeah that. he does he goes all the way to his house and uh, he, li- he ends up living with them for a while. Yeah, it's I, South Africa, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he ends up uh, he ends up living with Ginger Baker, does the interview, submits it to Rolling Stone. It gets picked up, which was cool. And then two years later, he does the movie. And then that's kind of where right. this movie starts. But the scene where, yeah, he gets he gets cracked in the face of the cane is actually the end of the movie rewound yeah. into the beginning of it. But I'm telling you, man, that guy had the cra- he had a crazy life, dude. It, I mean, and even if you aren't the biggest Cream fan, which I mean, get your shit together and listen to Cream. Yeah, just understanding how badass of a jazz drummer that dude was, See, and then he sort of like dumbed himself down to play this like pop music yep. at the time, but then in doing so, created this whole new style that is still badass today. It was so interesting. I didn't know that he had the jazz background like he did. Um, and he was excellent. Like he was oh, playing yeah. clubs and, you know, people were dude going, ripping the double kick too. How badass yeah. is that for the 60s? Oh man, I know that was just unheard of, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, it was funny. He he knew Cream wasn't going to last. He knew, you know, the um Blind Faith wasn't going to last. Mm-hmm. It was actually funny when Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton got together for Blind Faith. Steve Winwood came up to Eric Clapton's like, "Dude, I know this, you know, let's get Ginger in." And Clapton's like, dude, I don't want to play with that guy again. <laughs> and then what, what they liked about it, and I've got to go back and listen to some Blind Faith, but I guess the drums are pretty crazy because they had a different bass player. Jack Bruce used to kind of keep Ginger in line. Mm. So they played in a jazz band together before Cream ever started, which I didn't know that either. There's a great scene where uh, he's making fun of Mick Jagger when Mick Jagger was probably like 17 or something like that <laughs> singing with them. And he's like, we used to throw little jazz parts in there just to throw him off and stuff. They would totally mess with him. They're like, who's this twerp, you know? Because I guess they're all pretty much from the same area. Yeah. That, so. Yeah. 
Um, anyways, Beware Mr. Baker, highly recommend it. Hell it's yeah. on YouTube. You can probably find it on Amazon and all those great outlets. Yeah, I watched it on one of those. I don't remember which one, but I think yeah. it might have been Amazon. If you, can, if you can get a subtitles option, please do. It's very hard to understand. I like I like the challenge of those sorts of things, right? Oof. To see if what I can understand and can't I understand. like it, but what I'm trying to do for Dave's next is I want to like, I don't, I can't watch it twice. You know, I'm like, we gotta, we gotta hammer this out. Dude, do you mind if I, if I tag on my own little Dave's doc for the week? Cause yeah, I, just saw I want thing. you to, I want you to, what, I don't have a fun snappy name, Hank, this, Hank, a Hank hit. Um, Hank's hits. I saw what, what is, oh, SNM two. I guess it's just called SNM two. Metallica bro. The Metallica symphony and Metallica two 20 year anniversary of SNM that came out in 1999. So what was it? What was the quick overview of kind of what, yeah, How'd you dude. hear about so, it? What, what well, I heard about because I'm a Metallic hat and I, I just that. dig all that shit. But um, they, one of the wonderful things about living in a big city like Chicago is we get premieres of things like that. So there was oh, I, only ma- a few majors. I don't know how many cities across mm-hmm. the country did it, but for one night only they did, or maybe it was one afternoon. Anyways, it was one day. I think they made, maybe they played it twice. I went to the night viewing, uh, so I bought tickets months ago in advance for it. You know, yeah, and um. Went with a uh, good buddy Jimmy. So shout out Jimmy. I'm sure you're, you're well, checking this so out. So the S&M concert, I remember the one. When would the first one come out? It was 1999. Was it 99? Was that and, long ago? And I, and I know for sure because I was a sophomore in high school because I went and saw Metallica on that tour. Mm-hmm. They didn't tour with the symphony at the time. They just like did a regular old tour, but right, right after the album came out, uh, which so I went and saw this movie with Jimmy last night. Jimmy and I both also went to that concert together oh, cool. i didn't know him in high school we went to different high schools we didn't no meet until college but we both went to that same show at rosemont full Horizon circle man with uh seven dust and, and kid rock opening that's, that's a hell ridiculous i mean who even gets to, well obviously metallica headlines but like yeah yeah i guess oh, yeah. Kid Rock. Okay, they, dude they, metallica did three encores at that show i'll never forget it Jesus. they said it was the first time they played creeping death since kurt or uh trapped under ice since kurt uh Kurt Cliff? Cliff died. Yeah. yeah, since Kurt Cobain died, it was the first time they did Trapped hey, Under maybe. Ice. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, Anyways, was it good? It was. It was. It was. It was good. It was interesting because it's obviously it has come out in recent news that James Hetfield is in rehab, right? And and so you know he had been clean for a while and was doing great. And yep. I actually saw them on their last tour. Maybe it was two tours ago in Chicago, and he was looking awesome, killing it. Yeah, and you could see in this movie that he's like kind of looks shitty man drunk? He's like i don't know he might have been drunk but he was definitely super bloated kind of fat oh uh like just looked kind of haggard i mean i said to jimmy like who would have thought that kirk hammett would have aged the best out of all those yeah. guys and he looks fucking he great had gray hair in the mid 90s looks amazing wow. everyone rob trio he's like a workout guy but yeah. he's always just been been kind of weird lars and james both kind of look shitty yeah uh, but james especially the music that it sounded good the that you know obviously this san francisco symphony is world right. class and uh, they did the the kind of weird thing was that since obviously since they did this already they had already done a bunch of their old material with it so they kind of focused on more like newer stuff mm-hmm. they didn't really get to there was an intermission and they didn't really get to any of the like anything there was I think there was one song before the late nineties in the whole first half of the set the whole first set um, so it was all like kind of like new shit because they you know they've got a new record that came out a couple of years yeah. ago so they played some shit from that. Um, is it just it's just a concert? There's no documentary. Part. It's a concert. Like, yeah, okay. I mean there's a little, a little bit, bit of behind, behind the scenes, scenes. Yeah, a little like bit, and before because they're involved with some crazy charities that have to do with like manufacturing things. I don't even know. Hmm. I, I walked in a little late for that part, but they 
there was like a little sort of, hey, we're doing this for charity thing yeah. beforehand. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's a worthwhile watch. Oh, I mean, watch most it. people probably wouldn't need to uh, go to their local Cineplex to, ch- to check it out. And in fact, that's not even an option anyway. I will add though that it was pretty hilarious seeing this. First of all, I thought it was going to be like super sold out, and it definitely wasn't. Really? And everyone in there was either you know like a semi old white dude with a black T shirt on or his significant other. Yeah. Uh, and it was really funny to see these people and, and experience these people fucking cheer and clap after they finish songs on in a movie wow it's not like they were watching them on stage dude that's you know? funny man but it was cool to see and hear it in such a big awesome theater yeah with, you know amazing sound and everything like that um did they what was like do you have a favorite song that they performed mm. like did they just crush anything and you were like oh that sounds way cooler with the symphony you know that's a that's a fair question i can't nothing really specifically jumps out to me i mean i some of the songs always kind of lend themselves to that sound like nothing else matters yeah uh they did call of cthulhu in the beginning which is one of my favorite instrumentals of theirs and that sounds pretty badass but that was one that they did in the original snm as well i was gonna ask did they play some of the same ones you know that i meant to go and double because i mean honestly i haven't really yeah, listened to snm been, that much in, in it's many been 20 years, years man. jimmy i think was a little bit more in tune with that than me and and he was mentioning some things here and there i think they they did do some stuff but most of it wasn't most of it was new shit which is you know that's good and i'm sure they're going to release like a 12 record vinyl compilation and blu-rays and all that shit to go along with it too so can be yours for one thousand dollars um but yeah i don't know check it out snm2 hank hits dave docs love it what up uh Riff Library. Moving right along. Moving what do you right got along. for us this week? Moving right along. Grab it. I got it sitting behind you right there. This week, uh, my book oh, yeah. for, for the people that, that like to read books with pages, it's called The Empty Bottle, 21 Plus Years of Music-Friendly Dancing by Dan Dugan. Uh, this is a book about The Empty Bottle, which is, in in many people's opinion, one of the, if not the coolest uh, rock clubs in Chicago. Uh, this book <clears throat> chronicles it came out i think maybe i want to say 2015 uh basically the inception uh all the way through basically current day uh it's tons of stories as told by the people that were there including a whole bunch of celebrities that you've that you've definitely heard of um awesome photography uh i'll i'll say that the the beginning 90s stuff it was cool to learn how it all started and the fact that it was originally in a, a club called stella's up right down western from where it is right now um but a lot of that stuff was a little too insidery for me, especially because like it's just <clears throat> a little bit before our time. But once they got into the 2000s and the 2010s, it's like, oh, dude, I've been at that show. I've seen that. I remember that picture, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Um, I got a little there for people that hang out with the empty bottle. Remember there for there have been a number of cats over the years, but there was one that lasted lo- the longest time named Bradley. And I got pretty bummed out during that part because he has died. Um, and, and I was really sad when that happened. But it was it was a good, good memory to see pictures of that kitty and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, dude, super, super highly recommend that book for anybody that likes that, you know, nineties through now rock, indie rock, Chicago, empty bottle, etc. Uh, it looks awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and pretty cool too. That was at the old Chicago public library. Natalie brought that over for me. Oh really? Yeah. I am now. I, I didn't know that I book thought you existed. Owned that, yeah. No, that I, I will. Yeah. It's in my Amazon cart currently, but, um, nine that yeah it's super cool a couple i learned a couple crazy things through that book have you ever heard of this guy malachi richer Mm-mm. is his name so he was this dude that back throughout that whole history of that time even before that going to lounge acts all that shit he was a dude that just went to like every cool show and taped it 
Hmm. So he was just like archivist, live recording guy. Well, I guess throughout the years, I mean, he, and he would go everywhere. He would like kind of challenge himself to see if he could do multiple in a night, all this kind of stuff. He got more and more involved in politics and activism throughout the year. So I guess he was also became known as more of maybe even more of more as an activist. Well, at a certain point, uh, which was actually 2003, right before we went into Iraq, he went over to the Eden's expressway and set himself on fire and as an act of protest Holy for shit. the war. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Dude's like set himself on fucking fire next to the expressway during like morning rush hour or some shit like that. Whoa. Yeah. That's a monk shit. I can't dude. believe I'd never fucking heard of this before. Yeah, Self-immolation. This dude like in the rock scene doing the shit. Yeah. I guess he left a, um, he, you know, suicide note and everything on his website and all that kind of died. shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah definitely died. Um, so over the Edens, Malachi Richard, I guess, but uh, I, I didn't know anything about it, but I guess like a bunch of bands have written songs about him yeah. and all that kind of shit. Wow. Um, so yeah, don't don't mean to be mean to be such a bummer, but no. That was, shout out Malachi Richard, man. Yeah, Rich Richer, R I T S C H E R. The empty bottle. Twenty one plus years of music friendly dancing. Yeah, that's cool, man. We were talking about that neighborhood the other day too, and just how how oh, different yeah. it is. And oh yeah, I mean it's right down the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, love that venue though, man. I hope well, that I'm... was one of the things about the book too that they're saying is that the neighborhood really drove the scene around it because it was the first wave of gentrification when it is the artists and the mm-hmm. you know people Bohemians. who are the bohemians who who need cheap rent but like are you know aren't as afraid to like go into the scary gang neighborhoods and that it was a pretty scary gang yeah. neighborhood right where we are right now, like twenty years ago. Um, so yeah, it's that, that kind of f- fueled the whole thing. And everyone talks about like, Oh, well I lived like a block away. So of course I was there all the time mm-hmm. because it's, it was a place it to was be. the only place to it be. It wasn't yeah. going up to Lincoln park to go to lounge acts. Right. Well shit. Yeah, man, that's that. Um, I want to actually give you a little quick chance to shout yourself here, uh, in this segment of band buds, uh, easy demon has a gig coming up. Oh man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, my band easy demon is playing, uh, Saturday the 19th at Virgin hotel. Uh, downtown Chicago, dude. What are you? Are you like in like P, P Diddy's crew, dude? Like, I don't know, man. Some like hot rap man. They were like, "You guys want to play?" And we're like, "Sure." Um, no, it's really cool. A lot of people don't know, and I didn't know this until I saw a show there. I think it was just about a year ago or two years ago. Is Richard Branson going to be there? I, unfortunately, I, he isn't. But I heard if you rent a room and like you know how you turn on the TV and they have like the menu. I think he's like on the menu. Like, hi, I'm Richard Branson. Welcome to Virgin Hotel. I mean, I would demand my money back if he wasn't. I would too. Um, anyways, a lot of people don't know there's a there's actually a venue on the 25th floor. So you walk in, it's the only floor you don't need a key to get to if you get in the elevator, and um, go straight to the 24th, 25th floor. Totally free show. Um, Easy Demon's gonna be going on uh, last, probably around eleven, I would guess. So, free show, come check it out. And we have a new single. It's out. free. It's from me. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got a, you got a sweet new single with uh, some sweet new artwork. Yeah, thank you. A uh, new single called Stupid. So check it out. It's not stupid, but it it's, yeah, it, it is stupid. It kind of is though. Fuck yeah, dude. What date? What's the date? Nineteenth. Yeah, that's uh, next Saturday, 19th, the nineteenth. Year I'm... of Our Lord, two thousand and nineteen. Damn right. Sweet man. Um, Oh yeah, sweet. This is this is actually we're gonna do a quick little callback because this is a crossover segment. Okay. Uh, this we're gonna cross over the ministry with fuck the police. Yes. Uh, because you had a little stingies stings to to share with well, us. Well, I saw I saw a vintage picture of Sting the other day. Yeah. 
And I and I remember Johnny was talking. And Johnny last week and Johnny from last week from Daredevil Pedals. Subscribe um, on all those things. He was kind of making fun of the how high Sting wears his bass, and I and I I actually said on the podcast, you know, he didn't used to always wear it very high like that. Actually, I said. Yeah, actually, I corrected him. <laughs> uh, and no, it, that was funny because then I saw a picture and it reminded me of the whole thing, and I sent it to you because remember he used to play this really cool um, early '60s jazz bass, and he's got it slung pretty low, man. It is pretty low. It's like yeah. down by the belt buckle. I it's, it's I actually wear my base way higher than yeah, that. Totally. So I think it came up over the years, you know, because he had, you know what it is? He danced a lot in the early 80s. He was really starting to move around on stage like a mm. lot, like Peter Pan, like jumping around out there. I, you know, I feel like this is getting a little too positive for a segment called Fuck the Police. Well, no, is, I just, I want to give credit where credit is due. No. He, he didn't wear a high base. He didn't. So you got to make fun oh, of him. He didn't stuff. always wear high base. No, not always. He, he, maybe that's what we can get him on being, being a flip flopper. Nobody likes a flip flopper. Right? No, dude, wear your base. Keep it at the same keep length it for forever. Your entire even career. if it's, even if it impedes your playing, you fucking made a decision. We'll you stick with it. We'll call you out. <laughs> it's going to grind our gear hunks at some point. Um, do we have any other fuck the police? No, that's all we got. Oh, okay. Well, fuck them anyway. Fuck them anyways. Oh, finally, we can just like, Take a deep breath and talk about some different gear for a little while here. Yeah. You ready to talk about some gear on gearhunks.com? I know. I feel like we've gone this whole 45 minutes without talking. That's every about episode. I know. I'm noticing just it. Ramble. I almost sometimes wonder if we like, like shouldn't guys... have named it gear hunks. Just like, just like, <laughs> like stuff. Stuff hunks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Music stuff. It's the stuff boys. If you guys can think of a, a better name for our podcast, please Stuffed animals. Please let us know. We'd be happy to consider your, uh, uh, your offers. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just buy all the domains. Yeah. Just link to all of them. Isn't that what Yes did? Yes, just like every every show, Yes changed their band name, and then no. until they finally played a good one, and then they were called Yes, so they just stuck with Yes. Really? I think that's I think that's a story. Man. Uh, um. Wait. So we're gonna talk about gear and gear. Hunts yeah, today? dude. Let's talk about some, some gear. So what do you got for us? Uh, what do we got? What do we got? I've got a list of stuff. We'll see. We'll see what we want to get through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some gear that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, it's sitting right behind you right now. That that rain mixer. See, oh yeah, see that, that is really boy? cool. That um. That's for broadcasting, right? So yeah, it was designed originally as sort of a broadcast mixer. I think it's got like, it's weird how it's set up. It's I think it's eleven channels, but maybe you can only use eight at a time uh, with preamps. You know, six six of them XLR for mics, and then the rest are RCA. But it also has one of the cool things about it is that it also has a USB, so you can run all the audio out. So it's also a computer interface, right? Which frankly, I probably won't ever use it for that. But I can connect it via SPDIF, so I can actually add all those channels to my current setup and just expand my setup if I need to have more than the like I don't know whatever I have thirty or something right now. But the reason that I really wanted it is that it came out of the fucking NPR studio oh, here yeah. in Chicago, man. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a, it's like not a super interesting story of how I got it. I paid very little money for it from someone who worked there because uh, they upgraded all their shit. But I was like, well, yeah, like I've got a podcast, man. I want to get something that came out of NPR and like they used it for all their broadcast shit. So we, we aren't using it. I was thinking about lying and saying that we were using it to like process the audio right now. Yeah. We're totally not. And then everyone tries to find one. They're like, how do you yeah. guys? Yeah. But no, we're not. I mean, uh, I did test it and it does work and it sounds good. But awesome. I, I just all the channels fully, work on it? Yeah, everything works works just perfect. So could I use that for like home recording? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty sure. No, I'm not pretty sure. Definitely sure. You could absolutely use it for home recording. Yeah. So wow. um, anyways, got that. But also that reminded me of something else. So I, as I was going down this memory road, rem- I remember that I, I, I've, I have been, I have played live in that studio before and, and been interviewed on the air on no NPR. Shit. 
with volcanoes make islands. So for, I mean, the article is still up on their website, but I went to look at it cause there were videos. There were a bunch of videos taken and they're all down, man. Hmm. None of the videos that like there were, I think three, at least two, maybe three of our songs live and the, and an interview with Tony Sarabia. None of it's up there. None of it's, it's up like it anymore. never happened. It's like the, the article is all still there, but just yeah. like blank spaces where the videos were. I don't know what the fuck happened, man. That's kind of a bummer. Why do people do that, man? I don't know. Maybe there's, I mean, maybe there's servers that, that they use for it that. It wasn't on YouTube or, or anything. It was just, I don't remember. I, yeah. I guess not. It might've just been hosted locally. Right. So yeah, I mean, so I was like, oh, I'm all excited about this NPR mixer. Oh yeah, I was on that. Yeah. Right. And then, oh. It's gone. Isn't that great when you're going back and you're like, oh, I played there once. Yeah. Like you just, you I forget, forget man. totally. Yeah. That's, so that's that was weird. my, um, my minor humble brag, but also I'm just excited about that. Yeah. I mean, I if know, anything, it's it a looks, piece of history. it looks cool in here. It looks cool. It's got a bunch of faders and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, chances are I'll get sick of it eventually just sitting there and sell it for flip it for something. But I like it. it. It looks old is what I thought was really yeah, cool about but it. It looks not, like it's from like the eighties or yeah, something. I think it's like 2012, but yeah, yeah it, it has that kind of almost like seventies Yamaha vibe to it, which I guess sort of a lot of rain stuff does, but mm-hmm. could they're, yeah, cause they're typically either known for broadcast or more uh, popularly, I think in the consumer world, at least for DJ, like, right. Like real high end. That's where DJ I've heard mixers. of them before. Yeah. So speaking of more, some, some more gearsies. Gearsies. More fucking butt ringer stuff that I'm excited about <laughs> because I don't want to like call dude. it butt ringer because I actually I'm sitting Be next nice. to, I'm sitting next no well I'm sitting next to a piece of gear that I think is fucking awesome dude yeah. which is that Behringer Model D I got to play with it ethics aside mm-hmm. yeah you, you didn't get to play with it I've been spending a lot of time with it recently and finding I found two exact Radiohead song tones cool um, which so I've like took pictures of well, that so they have another piece coming out that you want. Yeah, they do. And mm-hmm. that is their they made and I'm a little dubious, but based on the quality of this, I'm going to probably have to to try. Uh recording people, audio people will be familiar with the Bear or the Behringer, the Biodynamic DT seven seventy headphones. They're the ones they've got kind of like that gray velour cup. They're like sort of rounded spherical yeah. ear cups on it. Very uh, fairly ubiquitous. Behringer is making their own. The pre orders are available. For thirty four ninety nine, hmm. which means you know at like friends and family discount, we're talking probably twenty five bucks for if if they sound ninety percent as good right. as the like you know three hundred dollar headphones. Right. I will gladly buy. It'd be worth trying. Exactly. Yeah. So it's weird to like a couple almost not. I don't know if it's been a couple episodes in a row, but like within the past few episodes, we I've been like excited about Behringer gear yeah. multiple times, and this is a strange place. That We've been talking be about them for a few weeks now. So you know, if you're listening over there in China, give us a give us a holler. I will gladly take all of your products and use them and talk about them on here because sure. I, I think they're good. But if that if I don't think they're good, then I'll be honest about that too. Um. Oh yeah, dude. This one I'm, I'm excited about. This is in the sort of like. Chinese, I wouldn't say knockoff, but clone world. I read about this company called Tech Zone Audio Products. Okay. And then I wound up watching a bunch of YouTube videos. And they are a company that takes, they have two products. I think only one of which is available right now, or maybe it's not even available. I think, I know it's not available. I actually sign up for an email to alert me when it is available. They take, like many companies do, Chinese, or I think they're probably Chinese microphones, large diaphragm microphones, and then completely replace every single part inside it to make what is essentially a clone of a Neumann U87 AI, which is like a $3,000 microphone. And I watched some videos and they, I mean, 
almost indistinguishable. Once you just like account for a couple tiny little EQ things, one on each one, you can mm-hmm. make them sound exactly the same. And what are we talking here? We're talking one hundred forty nine ninety nine. Shut up. So I've I've certainly um, signed up for the for the to be alerted when they're available again, and I will absolutely. Did, they be, must be just sell out like immediately. I think I think that's the thing. I mean, I I don't even remember how I first heard about it, but then I started watching these videos, and then it turns out, yeah, they're sold out. So I don't know how popular they are. I don't know how many they even make, mm-hmm. but from the videos, there it's like I think an Eastern European company okay. that buys stuff. They have all like they they buy the mics, but then they replace everything: the capsule, all the electronics, everything. Jesus, uh, I wonder how they make the any inside. money. Um, yeah, that's great. So. Uh, tech zone audio products uh, i can't remember what it's called the thing it's 87 of some sort so it's like no, i've heard of companies doing that before oh me too i've tried i've used it yeah i've had friends that did that have done that before but not for 150 dollars, no. and not for like i said with hearing with my own ears hearing these demos if this isn't like some fake video and i watched multiple videos it sounds it sounds damn close no shit to, man yeah. so i'm oh, we'll have i'm gonna to try have to that. check one of those out another microphone that i'm super excited about did i tell did i we have we talked about the townsend labs microphone yet i think so so this is something i am supremely excited about it's a modeling microphone so it's a it looks like a you know like a big old large diaphragm microphone with a black shell on it like a pretty much pretty standard looking large diaphragm condenser but it has two capsules on the inside facing opposite directions and through wizardry via software, you can very accurately emulate any pretty much you name a microphone, they have it in there. That's right. You sent me the article, but we didn't talk oh, about the podcast. Yet. What a cool idea. It's fifteen hundred bucks. Uh so not only like I said, obviously you've got it up in front of a singer, you can Test out the U87, 47, C12, whatever, 251, you name it. Can you run it like after you do the recording? So check it out. You can say the singer likes to hear a C12 in their ears. When you're mixing, maybe it turns out that that microphone wasn't the right choice. You can then go to the software, which it's a plugin, and change it to any 57. You can change it to whatever you want, to any microphone. You can also blend. So it has two capsules in there. Those capsules are, are usually working together to properly emulate the one microphone, things like proximity effect and mm-hmm. whatever. You can change a polar pattern. But you can do two separate things, ones. But you can also do two, you can do a blend of two separate microphones. You can also hang that up, say, hang that up over a drum kit, turn it into full-on stereo mode, no and you way. get two separate overhead microphones. It has, it comes with a little, it's like the... Um, no, it's not a normal XLR collector. I think it's a five uh, connector. It's, I think it's a five pin. And then it has a little pigtail Y cable that it comes with. And then yeah. you split that out to two. So it actually sends two mic cable signals uh, back to your recording interface or whatever you're using. Dude. So, okay. I wanted to talk to you about this. Yes. Because, you know, I feel like you're kind of a purist in some ways, especially yeah. when it comes to microphones. Mm-hmm. What level of skeptical are you with like how quote unquote digital it might sound or how processed it might sound? I, I, when I first heard it, cause I, I remember this was a Kickstarter at the end of 2017 and I remember hearing about it back then and being super skeptical and be like, nah, I don't, there, this isn't the first time that a technology has existed where you can model microphones. I'm just saying, I feel Slate like if it's something, one, if it's something one, I brought up and I was like, dude, check this out. You'd be like, what? Well, I'm getting there. So there, <laughs> like I said, I I'm familiar with Antares makes one slate makes one. Now this, this company, uh, Townsend labs makes one that's called the sphere L 22. But Tape Op reviewed it. 
and as we know, I treat basically what tape op says as gospel. Right. And the, I, there isn't, there aren't enough glowing adjectives to describe what they, the things they had to say about wow. this. The fact is it's a $1,500 piece of piece of equipment yeah it's not cheap that but what it does is replace i mean tens of thousands mul- of t- hundreds of thousands right. of dollars of microphones that i'll i can't buy hopefully maybe someday i can get some of them but and 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 even then then you have to like maintain them and do all that other stuff like we're talking about with this access analog i feel like i was gonna say mix like them are, with access analog and you got you've got a full fucking deal that's insane, right there bro so uh yeah, dude, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to get it and check it out. Um, there's the other the other really exciting thing about it. So it's a plugin, but it's there is also a Universal Audio plugin. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously the Universal Audio setup, you can process all. You have to process all of their plugins internally in the, that piece of hardware. But what that also does is free up your computer to do other stuff. But also because of my interface being an Apollo interface, I can use it on the way in. Mm-hmm. So like it's like. It's essentially treated like hardware on the way in. It offers me way more flexibility with my current setup. It's kind of a no-brainer. Well, I've got to get it. Got to get one. Got to get one. Uh, there's some things going on, as we'll, which maybe we'll be alluding to in an episode or two in my own sort of professional life right now that mm-hmm. might impact um, the timing of me buying this right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll whatever. We'll get into that sure, another sure. time. Good, um, good things. No, I, I, I think it's – I mean, that's – I don't know. Like I said, I'm earlier. skeptical. I want to get no, no, no. it and check it out. I think it's. I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm also afraid that it's going to make me want to sell my U47 or WA47 that I have already. But I mean, or what do you need it, it for? It if you pay got for that, it, right? What do you need it for? I mean, what if if you if there really is a mic that can do all that? What do you need a bunch of mics for? Aside from like miking multiple things, exactly right. Which would be the argument for keeping it. But I already oh, have right. other mics that I use for these types right. of types of things. This you're exactly right. This yeah. is exactly what I've been thinking about. But man, it's just like. It's final. We're we're living in this golden age where these things, these 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 things that we would have dreamed about being true, like nobody in a million years would have been like, oh yeah, I can just have like one microphone that sounds like all the microphones. Ah ha ha! Yeah, all right, right Mister Jetson or whatever. Yeah, the fuck. right. <laughs> Maybe Rosie will come put around the corner yeah. and clean up my mess for me. No, dude, it's happening and it's and it sounds good. I mean, I'm sitting next to this Kemper right here. Like there, we have right. we have these things already. We have computers that have these things. We have microphones that sound like all the microphones. I like, dude. I hope you get it, man. I like I'm, the microphone. I'm really stoked to uh, hear that thing. Yeah, man. Shit. Me too. Oh my god! I didn't even tell you about this. There's oh, so I'm much so going excited. on. This is a packed episode, dude. I'm so fucking excited about this one. This is big news in, got, and in our man. world, I'm, dude. I love, dude. When you this get is last night. This what? this happened. Okay. So sitting sitting my my last night of work at the 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 old gig, uh, you know, had already done a bunch of stuff. So I would, at this point, I was just seriously just trolling ebay seeing what was seeing what was around and i i'm gonna have to be intentionally vague at mm. this point because basically i don't want to to screw the pooch on a potential deal for myself mm. um because these auctions that i'm talking about might have might not be done by the time this comes out mm-hmm. anyways i'm trying to remember okay i was reading this i'm trying to I'm, I'm gonna work my way back through the trail of events here i was reading an article about mixing and all kinds of stuff you know t- talking to an artist and he was talking about this particular piece of gear that i'd never heard of before and it sounds super cool it turns out some big time mixers use it as this like secret weapon th- weapon thing so i start of course immediately start researching right. it seeing what the values are not too expensive they were kind of almost like real fancy like hi-fi stereo gear back like back in the day for what they were originally designed for oh people find like a new use for it yes exactly uh it's it was like uh military technology or or it was um 
one of the major like aviation companies like Boeing or some shit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm researching this thing and then I come across one on eBay and it's about the same value and the same price range as, as a lot of the other ones. Maybe like a touch more expensive, but they're open offers. And it was being sold on the behalf of a famous artist. And I go, to, I go to look and it turns out this person is selling a bunch of this famous artist, fairly recently deceased artists gear for like very reasonable prices on eBay. Really? None of it's on, none of it's on reverb. Only on eBay right now. God, man, I'm almost not even. I know convinced. this is I, I almost want to like cut this out of the episode. We're and gonna not have, have it to in because there. like our listeners are gonna be like, "Well, what the hell is he talking about?" So I mean, there will be more to come with this, and I'm obviously after we get off the microphone, tell I'll, me, I'll and we'll just beep the, out his I'll name. Tell the exact, I'll tell you the exact. What? Well, who is it? So now that we're done talking about all that, uh, what? So I did not bid yet because my current dilemma: it is slightly more expensive, very slightly but owned by a, fa- a famous Ooh. artist that I happen to have a lot of respect for. However, there's another one currently on eBay with the original box. And we all know how I feel about gear with original boxes. boxes. And it's right. even cheaper oh. than the the famous guy one. Is it a bid or a, no, a buy it now? Bid. The famous ones buy it now or best Are there offer. Are a lot of people watching and stuff? Is it pretty hot? pretty hot item? No. I mean, maybe like a dozen. Yeah. It sounds to me like something that maybe you know you could sneak in and really get a good deal on it i'm almost cons- because here's the other thing like i said they're selling a bunch of this person's stuff and there are a couple other things that i do want mm, maybe the bundle so i was gonna think i was thinking about maybe i can just message ask them if they'll do a little ship skis together i can save a little and they're all of cash. options none of them are like buy it now or anything no the they're but a lot of them are buy it now oh, okay or best offer. oh then they would probably yeah the other thing is that be- some of it, some of it's it's very reasonably priced. However, I've now through going through this whole list of gear learned about this other thing that I also don't want to talk about because I don't want to screw myself on this particular thing. But it's made by a very famous company. They also made like another thing mm. that I had never heard of, and you can get them for ridiculously cheap right now. So I I have bid on one of those elsewhere because it's very cheap. But I I might try to do the bundle thing because he has four of them. I buy four of those and then the other thing. Yeah. It's just like crazy. I feel like I never get to make these discoveries anymore because everything's always like reverb doing it. I get an email that yeah. like alerts me to it and everything's sold out by the time I get to it. And now I just like found this like I, I it's not like terribly exciting, but I think for guitar players they'd be they'd be super excited about it. Uh like who it is. And then just the fact that it's not well publicized is uh well, I, exciting. I, I it's funny you mentioned that, man, because you know, you know, I'm always looking at stuff too. And I've noticed reverb's gotten so popular that you can almost find better deals on eBay now. Yeah. It's weird. Like eBay just used to be like, oh, they they ruined the market. eBay is like Craigslist now, where people do, like don't know. Kind what of, yeah, got. yeah, it is. Um, and you'll see a lot of overpriced crap on there, but like you'll also see some reasonable things. We're watching a sixty three P base right now. Oh yeah, the guy started no reserve, one penny first bid. I mean, That's or one dollar, like whatever 900 it is, nine hundreds or something right now. It's up to nine hundred, but there's like five days yeah. left. So I mean, it'll th- go up to what five maybe. I bet it'll get like. 45 to you know between 45 and like 65 depending how crazy people get depends how crazy it's got it's it's missing tuners so that's well that's beat up but i man if that thing was like two thousand dollars i'd buy it we've talked about this you know the the whole beat up finish thing we love it i have heard from some of my friends who are also into like vintage and you know what things are actually worth a beat up a beat up finish according to some of my friends is just as bad as a refin which makes no sense i disagree i totally i disagree too but they'll be like it'll it'll devalue it in the same type of way. 
that you know a perfect. Oh well, finish. I mean, I don't, mm, I don't, yeah. I I don't agree with it. By the way, I think that's no. crazy. Yeah, dude. I just, I mean, there, I feel like you know we've said this till we're blue in the face. We just like those old, we I like know. old beat up fishes around. So, here. anyways, the cool thing about that base is the guy just put it up one dollar. Let it. Don't you ever think about doing something like that? You're like, man, I'll just throw it up one. I do that. I, I'm in do my you? stuff. So yes, yeah, oh, but only it. like only cheap stuff. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. For cheap stuff, I guess. See, I did that once with some old pickups. I had some like, you know, probably Japanese P-Base pickups. They were probably worth 20 or 30 bucks. And I did the no, I did the $1 and I think I sold them for like $9. Like one person bid on it. If you're just trying to get it out of the house, I mean, I I say, fuck it, man. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of fuck it, we haven't, we haven't, I, we, I know how we need to close the app. We haven't talked about our Lakeland visit. How do, how have we gone the last like hour or so and not gone back to that yet? How fucking cool is that that we got to go do that? First man? of all, that uh, shout out to Lakeland and thank you guys for having us, man. Like the nice, the nicest folks. Are they actually? Is it called Lakeland Basses? Because they make a lot of guitars. Lakeland there, Instruments, too. I think. Because I'm pretty sure the Instagram is Lakeland Basses, but maybe maybe it's only because the guitar thing is like a semi. They manufacture bases. Yeah, I think they can. You know, like like Zach said on the episode, if if you want them to make you a guitar, they will. But no, they sell pay. they sell the like tellies and shit. I mean, it is mostly bases. Yeah, but well, like on the website, they sell guitars. Right. Regardless, we're getting unnecessarily yeah, yeah. off. We're topic. getting in the weeds. Uh, I well, I want to say thanks, but I also thought you know we're heading over there, and I'm like, yeah, we'll check it out. We'll walk around for like 25 minutes, half an How hour. How long were we there, dude? We were there for like it felt like it was over an hour for sure. Oh, it was. I think it was more like two hours. Yeah, I know. They were so inviting and and welcoming to yeah. us in there. I couldn't believe it because they were just doing doing their work day, and then it was almost. I mean, I didn't feel like special or anything, but it was cool to like, go into a place like that where I have the utmost respect for what they do. Yeah, and they they knew who we were. Like they're like, yeah. oh, oh, you're the Gear Hunks guys. Cool. Like, <laughs> they're like, was, we dig the podcast. Yeah, they couldn't. I couldn't believe that shit. Um. No, how nice were those guys though, man? Like super um, nice. Learned a lot about wood. Obviously, I mean, everybody knows we love Zach. We've had that dude on the show. He's he's one of our favorite humans. Yep. Honorary gear hunk for life. Yep. Uh but also <clears throat> we met we hung out with a lot of people. I think we the dude we spent the most time with was Steve, which I know he he kind of he seems like He's one of the as everybody there is super integral and important, but Steve gets his hands on all the wood. He's like milling all the wood, yep. running the CNC he had, machine. He, he's all things wood. All things wood, cutting the bodies out, yep. getting the necks and fretboards all together. I know him and Zach work together a lot. Zach mm-hmm. kind of supports him in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but man, that dude just like he you could just tell he knew he had seen it all yeah. when it comes to just making wood things and we were even just talking guitars randomly i think we started talking about baritone guitars oh, yeah. and all that and like i mean the guy just knows instruments he knows Absolutely. guitars he knows and words. he was so generous with his time and, and knowledge yeah. i mean just hanging out and sharing yeah. shit with us and teaching us stuff i i definitely because i've been in some guitar factories before but i still felt like i just learned i i forgot more than i actually remember yeah. learning there there was so much coming out i know that was so cool man i wanted to just like wish i could have taken like the mental video of the entire trip just because there's so many details i'm sure that i forgot already and i stuff. did i did take some video so that's but cool i just didn't want yeah. to be a creep like with my phone the whole time hold my phone oh, hold my yeah. gopro in your like, face the whole right time. that's you know uh but let's see so we uh i asked zach because i wanted to make sure we got all this right we met albert in the finishing and buffing yep. room that was super cool to yeah. see like after all the the paint had been a applied and all that good stuff just the reason it looks so good at the end just that perfect glass finish on everything uh leo the dude from sales and shipping who i think that's maybe the guy i'd met him at guitar shows before uh there was carl norman jim who i think they're like the main luthier dudes Mm -hmm. that they were man there was some cool shit over on their benches for sure yeah fucking geezer butler bases man man 
Uh, the Geezer Butler base and my new favorite finish, by the way. Also. What's your new favorite finish? Cocaine White. Oh, that's right. Which, not, you know, obviously, I just like that name was hilarious. Have you seen a white? Have you seen a white flake sparkle like that? Like not like that. It was cool. It was super really cool, man. Yeah, and I think that was just one of the dudes. I don't remember which one they had made that for themselves with, and just like put that. It's a fun project. It was like a Les Paul Junior type. I love how they're like, oh, you know, we work here, and then if we want to work on your own guitar after we close, just work on your own guitar. Yeah, man, and like I mean, there's there's a lot of waste and run off like wood scraps that you just can't use so then you put those back to yeah. building your own instruments how Recycle, cool is reuse, that man? man that's right um and then uh yeah i don't know i'm trying to think so like we start we walked in and he kind of showed us the lay of the land a little bit but we got right over to zach's bench and yeah. we saw that plaque machine which He's got is the plaque super machine. cool man that's yeah. like that's some that's some far out shit well, right there I think what a lot of people, what I learned from the trip, and not to jump too far ahead oh, or anything, ahead, but like what I learned from the trip, and it has to do with the Plex machine, was every everything that they out, um, you know, they they hand make all the U.S. stuff in house, but then and everything it, I don't think we said in house obviously is here in Chicago. here in Chicago, Lakeland Factory and Ravenswood. Yep, um, they they do every, all the U.S. bases are you know basically made to order. Um, you can order something specifically, they'll make it for you, and they don't have a lot of overhead as far as like you know um just they don't have just guitars and basses laying around i mean they're not just like you know they're not no, going they're out in to, high demand and yeah. you've got a i mean it's something you're gonna have to wait for but then they also have you know uh, a more affordable line which is outsourced the skyline yeah the skyline series which, dude i've got to say I, I i did not notice until far too late <laughs> that the logo on the headstock is the chicago yeah, skyline dude. man yeah. that fucking blew my mind they're all about chicago there well man. I've, as they should be they make but the shy sonic pickups too the shy sonic pickups yeah. and they're it's called the skyline series i'm yeah. such a fucking idiot i never <laughs> even like thought about why it would be called the skyline series i'm, I'm just like Oh, it's man. just thanks. Just like oh, that's just yeah. like a nice term. And then you see the Sears Tower outline, and there's like oh man. But what I is that? what? What I thought was really cool about that. So everything they get in from overseas, they put their own pickups in. By the way, so all the pickups are made in 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 house. Yeah, every so every even pickup, even if you buy unless an it's like one. their lowest end. Some of them have Bartolini. Bartolini, which are still great, you know, active oh, pickups. Awesome pickups, just a different sound. But they every pickup that mm-hmm. comes out of there handmade. otherwise is handmade, which is super cool. Yeah, hand wound. We went and saw the pickup winders and all that. So. What I really liked about it, though, they take every every one that they get shipped here, and do they assemble it in house? I don't know if they assemble it in house, but they get it and they plaque every single one. They set up every single one. Yeah. So it's not like you go to Guitar Center and you take a squire off the wall, you know, Fender's lower level guitars, and you you play it, and you, then you got to take it and get it set up. Then you got to get new strings for it. You don't know what's wrong with it. They look over every single guitar that comes out of that place or bass, I should say. Dude, so, and that's not even. I mean, squire isn't even a fair comparison no not at all the the very expensive instruments come out of <clears throat> the same factory where they their they don't touch instruments come from and they, right. they don't do a dang thing they don't to do those. direct sales from the asian factory no everything comes back to the u.s yep. they put their own pickups in it no actually the pickups are already in it because they ship the u.s made pickups right over to, to them the, to, to assemble the that's right so they do the assembly then it comes back yep but they then they set full, up every single a full one. plaque, which I think I mean, like you, if you if you can get a sh- go to a shop that has a plaque machine, mm-hmm. it's like three hundred dollars maybe cheap, to yeah. have that done. Yep. it cuts the nut, it cuts the it perfectly computer levels the frets. Yep. it's as perfect playing instrument as you can get. Somebody sets it up, gets a real. We met him. He sets it, puts his hands on it, gets it set up. Perfectly. And that being said, the American models they don't plaque; they actually do those by hand. Only the top and some of the American, most of the American models they do. There was like the deluxe line. I think they, yeah. those are all still just completely by hand. Because yeah. you know, 
computers are great and they're uniform, but there's when they Something have when you have a master luthier there yeah. who can do that with his hands, you let the master luthier yeah. do that on the very expensive. So like a geezer butler bass that he plays, he, that is still going to be done by a dude's hands. Yeah. So I was overwhelmed. I, I loved it, man. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go back in a few months just to like check it well, out. We have we have an excuse we do to have, have a little. To go back we do there. have a little project going because Zach is uh, he's taking on my Fender Villager that 1966 12 string neck that I have, and we're going to make a body for it, and oh, it's yeah. going to be. I mean, of course, I can't say that it's a, a, a Lakeland quote-unquote body but it, it will be it will have been made a in, in, in the lakeland factory be a lakeland uh, a, f- a, f- a fenland a fenland <laughs> there, it's got a name fenland. that's not bad yeah that's not our way villager we could work that in there oh too. yeah or, or the number 12 we've got some i'll leave this up you're the pun to, guy I'm, I'm, I'm pun boy play on words pun hunks so uh, that was cool though man it was dude, yeah such it was a fun so trip. cool we needed I, a good gear hunks outing too, the cnc know? seeing that was super cool yep. and how like that's really just used to rough everything out and then it's still all hand shaved um the getting schooled on all these different types of woods like dude, that that buck burl wood. Burl, baby oh. that one picture we posted on instagram looks like a fucking wolf or yeah. some sort of skull or yeah something. that's the dude, burl and then so they had badass. that spalted maple piece that we were looking at oh yeah so many cool things man um that was that was really inspirational it, it felt good to just like smell raw pieces of wood and get mm-hmm. our hands dirty and you know check out all the every every little minute detail just like the parts everywhere and all the shops oh, man. all the machines i'm, I'm, are ram, like I'm rambling but i'm still no, it was not. so fun man. all the machines they use are like these cool old chicago yeah. industrial era like machines like the but super well maintained oh yeah know. no they're they're in perfect yeah. shape but everything is like you know just those old curves on like the drill press Dude, yeah. and just everything was just i don't know it was cool man they it made me want to open a guitar it's, it's shop. Pretty, it's pretty awesome that, <laughs> yeah. that Zach just gets to work, walk to work there every day. Yeah. You know, that's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it is. And, so. and it's so cool that it's a Chicago company. I feel yep. like that's something that I've really overlooked throughout the years. I knew that they were here, but I just, I guess I just assumed they're in the burbs. I yeah. didn't really know. And, and, and famous people use them and you know, it's, um, they've really gotten their foot out there. Yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've seen the Rolling Stones in the past, however, what, 20 years or something, yep. that's, Dale uh, Jones. That's a that's a little, little Lakeland happening mm-hmm. there. Yep. Um, but I mean, even, and getting so not only seeing the building process, but then getting our hands on the the completed ones and feeling what those things feel like. I mean, yeah, even the Skyline, which are still you know what thousand to fourteen hundred dollars or something. Yeah, they're not import cheap. instruments, but those things feel freaking awesome. Like yeah. you would be anybody would be super please playing at any of those and then not to mention now the u.s made stuff that stuff just like felt well we were we were like talking the best about bass i might have ever felt were some of those instruments the other day like the new okay so and, and going back to my squire reference earlier i actually should have just said the made in mexico fender stuff yeah. that's a thousand dollars if you want a brand new made in mexico mm-hmm. fender i would absolutely rather have a lakeland import yeah. skyline absolutely Dude, absolutely because like you said it's it's still getting plaqued. It's yep. coming back here. People are uh, experts are still touching it, making sure that it plays just as good as their most expensive custom base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't send out anything that they uh, don't think is worthy. No, no. We 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 got to see how QA works, and yeah, nothing is getting out that isn't perfect yep. from that place. So. Um, we are we are very big fans. Thank you again for having us. Yeah. I'm also super excited to get my body and have. Can a, we talk? Do you want to talk string. a little bit about that? Like, yeah, what are you let's do, do it, with man. It, man. Well, I I've already decided on the bridge. It's a Godo bridge. Did uh, you pick a body shape yet? We're doing a Tele body. Definitely doing the Tele. Definitely body. doing a Tele body. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking probably some sort of dark. I don't know if walnut necessarily, but some sort of dark. You're wood. gonna go with the wood. The Absolutely, some sort of stain. I'm not interested in paint, really. Sure. Um, 
we haven't really talked about finish necessarily, but I, I do think that probably some sort of raw kind of gun stock oil will be the way yeah, to do it. Instead of the poly um, twelve the the bridge is like a it kind of looks more sort of like a strap bridge, but it's obviously it's got twelve strings. So mm-hmm. six go through the body, six are top uh, yeah, I've top seen strung. That. Sure. Pickups, that is the last sort of mm, remaining decision. The million I, dollar question. I think uh, I, as much as I try to get away from it, my gut just keeps telling me two filtertrons. So I think that's I think that's probably what I'm what I'm gonna have to do. Uh, and yeah, just volume tone and pickup selector. Maybe maybe a, a split or coil tap push pull. I haven't had to. I don't haven't decided on that yet. Mm. But um, I want something that will will get the jangle thing, but that will also be able to handle getting fucking nasty and overdriven i was gonna say because like you think of the 12 string you kind of think of the jangle tone mm-hmm. but you want something that's gonna rage through i want to try something yeah. new yeah. I, I want it i need versatility um it's a vintage neck but it's seen i mean it's straight we're probably gonna have to plane the neck a little bit but yeah. luckily you know it's in the hands of a freaking badass so mm-hmm. i don't know man i'm really excited about it i've never done anything like this before i've only ever just like bought instruments that already fully existed you know like yeah. i haven't like made a custom guitar or anything like that you've in my put life. parts guitars together before yeah right? for sure yeah uh and and i've modded my own instruments and done all that but i've never like had a knack and then had a, a body completely built. custom thing made yeah. for me and wow. like i have to decide it's almost kind of it's interesting it's no i haven't really thought about this but it's almost it's almost easier to just like have the decision made for you already and it's mm-hmm. like oh i can only just like buy this, buy this thing because that's what this instrument already was made and now i can just like choose to like that one or not right. but when or you like have any option it. yeah i mean yeah how do you know because then i mean there are many things that i want but i <laughs> i think with this particular neck for something uh, there's something that just feels right to me about a telly body with some sort of like vintagey. Would you consider doing lockers. like a, like a gold foil pickup or something like that? Like a Diamond? Uh, that was the other thing that I had in mind. I was thinking a filter Tron in the bridge and a, and a gold foil on the Pretty neck. Cool. Uh, th- th- that size, the route will be able to handle another pickup in that world. So if I decided to want to swap something out, that wouldn't be right. the hardest thing in the world. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this is going to be a sort of a long time, long time project. We might be even jumping the gun uh, yeah. talking about it now. You'll probably I'm change sure. your mind like ten more times. Too. Well, I, that's the thing is, I <laughs> once I buy, it, like he he's going to have to you know drill it for yeah. a certain thing. So right. it's like we know we know what the bridge is now. It's really just a matter of deciding exactly what the what the pickups are. And we're just using a standard sort of T Tele style outline. You know, I might I I kind of want it to be like a little thinner. Um you know the body width wise but we'll see i have one request i think that you should consider i'm listening when you get the neck plate for it have them engrave something on the neck plate. oh iv baby always that's i mean everything that'd be cool dude when i was leaving work last night as listener many listeners know i have i'm henry the fourth i have iv tattooed on the back of my arms and one of my coworkers as we were leaving last night because we he and i and we he and i have had numerous discussions about music theory in the past he goes is that like is are you are you like a one five change <laughs> like the one five changes or like degrees of the scale? I was like, dude, no. But that's from now on, funny. I'm gonna start telling people that's yeah, what that means. Yeah, dude. Uh, I was like, I know. That's so on, good. On the fourth, but that's the first time I've ever gotten that. I've never thought like, about that's that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm just like I'm the one five change, baby. Give me that power cord. You got a new answer, a smart ass answer. For exactly, people. dude. No, man. One time, somebody asked me what it was, and I don't know. Well, I was. I, I mean, I got these when I was 21. I might have been 22. Yeah. I, 
it was a stupid thing to do. But I said, not the tattoo, my response. I love the tattoos actually. Uh he goes, Oh, are those like what are what are those? I was like, Oh, actually, like it's my thirteenth step. He's like, Oh, what? Really? Oh like, my god. I was like, Yeah, you know, I went through the program and like And uh, you're like twenty one. I got off the shit. I was like oh, I intervened and I was like, it just it was like sort of symbolic and he was like Dude, I like. I used to be addicted to heroin too. Oh no! I swear to God. And oh, I was that's like, the worst. Oh, and then you just feel like a piece of shit. Fuck! That's... I was like, I yeah. I was like, I don't like. What are the chances? Have a response to that? I'm just like really sorry that. Like my smart ass answer just totally backfired. Oh yeah. I don't even know where I pulled that. Maybe out. he was. I think I was drunk. You. No, he wasn't. I know him now. Oh like, he, shit! I know the dude. He's a great fucking guy. Um. So yeah, that was that was a that was a total bummer. Damn, dude. That's that my, really backfired. My big fucking mouth <laughs> gets the situation that gets me. Oh, dude. Well, shit. I feel like I feel like we did it. Yeah. Is this? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any, did you? I don't. Did was there any other gear things? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, no. We're just always out there lurking. So don't try to get any good deals away from us because we're gonna we're gonna scoop them up first. But, yeah, we're gonna uh, save them for ourselves, dude. I noticed you just put the fucking gear hunk sticker on the thing. Yeah, I got it on my water bottle here. Hey, if you guys want a gear hunk sticker and you listen yeah. all the way to the end of the episode, send us a message and we'll send you one. Yeah. All right. That'll be the test to see who actually makes it all the way through. We've got a few, so the uh, the quantities are limited, but we're uh, we'll have some for you. First, like thirty people, we'll send. Yeah, them. we need to take a few to Nam too. Exactly so. <laughs> to Nam. I love that you keep calling it fucking. Oh no, wait, never mind. That's the right way to say. It. I was like a Nam. Nam, no, Nam. <laughs> we're taking to Nam. Well, I said I'm going to Nam to somebody who's not a musician, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, you going to Vietnam?" And I was like, "No." That dude, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I told. I think it might have been Mark. We're talking about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, me and Dave are going to Nam." And he told, and he was like, he was like kind of acting weird. I was like, "Nam's a, a music show." He's like, "Oh, I thought you were saying that you two were just like going to Vietnam yeah. together." He's like, "That would be a really weird trip for you guys." To I like know. Just do together. We're like, yeah, you know, a lot of couples go to <laughs> Vietnam. We gotta we gotta mix it up. We've been in this open relationship thing. Now we gotta go take a trip. That's right. We started with the open relationship, and maybe that's where we'll close it. All right. All right, later. Buddy.